Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments, where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com slash cloud. Welcome everybody to the Potaskew Podcast. I am CJ and this is Cinema Wars. We are playing a game this week. I am your host. Rico is here, but he is going to be a contestant. So I'm going to introduce you to our contestants and then we are going to get into the rules and we are going to play a game. So I hope you guys all enjoy, but this is going to be an interesting one. So first off, we have Rico. What's up, man? I want to play a game. <laughs> yeah, of course you do. Um, and then we are, have his teammate for tonight, Joe. Joe, how you doing? Good, man. Good to be here. How you doing, man? Good, good. You guys are representing Podeskew, Um And you guys are going up against the Dave podcast. And that's represented by Chris. What's up, man? I must break you. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. We're glad to have you back. Thanks and for having me on, man. Always, always. And we've got your uh, your teammate, the the most interestingly named Octopus Caveman. How you doing, man? I'm great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, oh, thanks for coming to play with us. We appreciate it. And I'm, that sounded dirtier than I meant it, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> so we are going to be playing the game. The rules to this game... First off, I think, Rico, we probably should give some homage and love to where this was inspired by. So I want to give some, some love to the Screen Junkies YouTube channel. We, uh, we are inspired by that. The way we're going to play this is there's going to be a first round of four questions. One player from each team will present the answer. They got the questions in advance, and they will present the answer, and then the other team member will make the arguments. We'll go back and forth for a while, and then we'll have you guys do final thoughts, and then there will be judges. The judges for today's show are myself, and then our buddy Mike and Logo Designer. He's back. How you doing, man? Hey, what's going on, guys? And then also our wonderful, wonderful, wonderful fact-checking moral compass of Potaskew, Stephanie. How you doing, Steph? I'm doing all right, but you are way praising me too high. <laughs> Never. It's not possible. So, um, so here we are. We're going to play play Cinema Wars. You guys all ready for this? Dun, dun, dun. All set. Okay. So... Um, I put together a little montage, as they do, similar to Leon Screen Chunky, so we're going to play that, and then we'll get into the games. Here we go! And now, for a taste of things to come. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. Now you want to get nuts? Are you willing to zero out for the Oasis? Are you willing to fight? You still have to choke me. Oh, please! I'm surprised I didn't kill you. Quick, get that, you gotta fuck with this! You get hurt, 
transport them back. Get killed, walk it off. All right, so we are ready to get started on this. So we are going to go to our first question here. And being that the Daves are the visiting team, we're going to let them go first. With Why, this. thank you. I so, contest that, but okay, fine. No, you don't get to contest that. That's just the way it goes. So, What for being a co-host? Not today or not. Anyway, so <laughs> the first question is, who is the best villain you don't like, want to like that you do? Again, who is the best villain you don't want to like that you actually do? The best villain. Okay. Um, I would say probably the, the key words in this phrase are the best villain. And the best villain of all time is Darth Vader. He has a long history of being a great villain. And over the, what, 30 plus years of the character being in existence, he's had a fun side come out as seen on uh, things like Robot Chicken and Star Wars Detours. I mean, he's a lovable villain, especially okay. considering his character arc that he went from bad right. guy to rede redemption. All right. All right. And for Potaskew... Who is the best villain you don't want to like that you do? Thanos. Thanos. Okay. All right. Good choice. So now we're going to have OC and Joe fight it out. Go ahead, guys. <laughs> All right. All right. Who's starting so, here? Yeah, who's starting? That's don't up matter. to you. You guys go. Rock, rock paper, scissors, it. Let's, no, let's, let's just make it more interesting. Someone starts speaking. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I'll start speaking. Uh, we chose Thanos because he has this uh, kind of character about him that you you want to side with him because you understand where he's coming from, and he has a very personal um, attachment to why he's deciding to wipe out uh, half of the universe, basically, so that there is enough, um, you know food and whatnot for everyone to go around. So there's not starvation and famine and terribleness. <laughs> but I think we, we all know the holes in Thanos' motivation where uh, he has limitless power. Why not just create more resources in order to help the people in the universe? And, and why eliminate 50% arbitrarily as well? He could have eliminated the people who were not helping and just left us with a bunch of Einsteins. Uh, you know, I think I think his motivation and his actions, he's just an eco-terrorist who didn't think things through all the way. Vader, however, you know, his motivations are clear. And he's sympathetic because we can see how he got from where he was, just this lovable little slave boy. Who you know pod raced and built robots, and then all the way to you know, uh, he, he, Vader's like a bell curve. So he starts off pretty cool kid, and then you know the sand getting everywhere sets him off on a path, and he kills a few children, whatever. <laughs> but uh, eventually he has this redemptive moment where he you know throws the emperor in the pit in the end, and uh, you know Vader's got an arc. He's he's essentially a good guy who had a bad couple of years there. Well, what I would say to that is that his entire premise of turning into a bad guy was hell-bent on saving one person, which goes against his entire Jedi code. And he didn't just kill a few children. The Death Star was responsible for a lot of deaths as well, and his entire army. So he still does have you know, quite a bit of bad under his belt, whereas Thanos, 
he's really trying to think about the entire universe, not just himself and not just his small army. He really wants the universe as a whole to survive. But it's short-sighted. He he could just snap his fingers and make everybody immortal. Or, hey, guess what, guys? You don't need food to live anymore. But no, he took the <laughs> death approach. Well, I have yet to see evidence that he has the choice of who he leaves and who he kills. You know, can can he produce all the food or can he just take out life with the six Infinity Stones? I, you know, we don't know. But he's clearly not, uh, you know, great at decision making because – he, he could have just, uh, you know, sent off uh, – he should he should have set off on his own to collect the stones, but instead he had a whole army of people that he couldn't trust. Okay, yeah. so – Vader was motivated by love. We're hearing a lot of why your villains are good villains, but I'm not getting a lot of why you like them. Why, why should you like these villains, not just why they're good villains? Well, I'll give it to you. Thanos is a thick purple daddy. You know, that's that's basically the only thing that's likable about Thanos. But with Vader, you can understand the person. You get to know the person through those series of movies. And I think understanding his, uh, you know, his love of Padme, his love of pod racing, his love of slaying younglings, all of these are relatable things. You know, <laughs> who doesn't want to go kick some little Jedi's asses? Get Tannic coming. That's what I'm saying. Uh, but no, he's he's so uh, iconic that, uh, you know, we all love a good bad guy. So there's the, the iconic helmet. And, you know, we also sympathize with people who have uh, health ailments and his breathing. You know, we're like, oh, this poor guy. Like, I've got a cousin who's got asthma and there's a sympathy part there. And then, you know, there's also the, the lovable, cute blonde kid that we picture when we see him now where we picture Jake Lloyd. And we just want to I just want to hug Vader and, you know. Just, just love him as a child, and then as an adult in his his uh, you know sexy black S and M gear, and then when he's an old feeble man, I just want to take care of him. You know, he he runs the gamut. It's so it's a whole every stage of Vader is so lovable. <laughs> well, uh, I'll have to admit, there you have quite a bit more um, going for you in terms of longevity, so that we've seen recently to uh, love the that side of Vader. You know. Um, Don't help their argument, Joe. I'm, hey, I'm just saying, as I, I can see where he's coming from. But at the same time, I feel like Vader, his intentions or his, his basis was just off. And that's where I think he went wrong is, you know, obviously uh, Obi-Wan had the higher ground and he made a big decision. And he lost. And this is he where the because past he believed lit. in himself. He believed in himself. But maybe his beliefs were too confident. And they're based too much on emotions and not just on logic. I think the same. And that's where Thanos. That's where Thanos is good because he comes at from come out comes at it from a much more logical standpoint, in the sense that he's thinking bigger picture. How long can we last if we're constantly starving? And that's why I, I prefer Thanos as the better villain because he is doing something while evil. It's the better of the two evils. Whereas, how can how can he not understand? The basic principle that death is inevitable and that life is a temporary thing. It's it's insane that he embraces death as, oh, we've got to kill everybody. Why? To save everybody. It, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, I guess that's where Vader and Thanos differ is that Thanos, I guess, transcended the, uh, the reality and the mortality of our universe. And in doing so by you know, collecting all the Infinity Stones, 
he surpassed that simple thinking of what's possible, what is not possible. Vader was motivated by revenge and love and and an apt uh, an apt observation that the Jedi the Jedi order was failing. I mean, everything he did was he made the right move. You know, that Jedi that Jedi order yeah, that that was uh, you know, that was a, a failed system. I think that's about all I can say. I mean, I think yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although I am a little bit disturbed how one of the judges left during your closing argument. <laughs> Nobody called for closing hey, what's arguments. Going on, man? Yet. Nobody called for closing arguments. <laughs> okay. No, I, I why, think that. Why don't, know, we I think, ra- yeah. why don't we start wrapping into final thoughts? So I'll have the Daves go first. You So give me your final thoughts on why why Vader is a villain you, you want to like, but you shouldn't, or you don't want to like, but you do. Are we doing this one together? I think no, there's no be- no villain, uh, screen villain, more iconic than Darth Vader at this point. I mean, it, it's, he's transcended even the movies and and uh, you know shows that he's appeared in, uh, comic books, books, etc. He is one of the archetypal villains, and he's lovable because we understand how he got to that point, and we also get to see his redemptive moment at the very end. So it's it's almost uh, impossible not to love somebody like that, where we can understand their motivation and then also see their iconic villainy and then see that redemptive moment at the end. I think there's no no greater villain, um, you know, I can't think of any other villain where we can see the entire arc like that of their, of, and also, you know, he's a, a sexy black daddy from outer space. Joe, what about your, give me your final thoughts on Thanos. Yeah, right. My final thoughts on Thanos? Um, I think, again, we have yet to see exactly where the, the story is leading, which is uh, a difference we have between the two. Um, but I also think there is redemption for him in the end as well, because, again, he is thinking for the greater good. While it may be wrong, I still think it holds some merit in the sense that it may be the only option we have to survive. Okay, time. So we've got our arguments. Uh, I think that I'm going to – well, first we got to go to facts. So, Steph, any – facts we need to check any any information you have for us well longevity of character i i've been struggling to find when darth vader was first put into print but he was first in a movie in the 1980s so he's survived since the empire strikes back in 1980 whereas thanos was first in print in february of 1973 well and print's an interesting argument, but that's all right. Go ahead. So is that it? Is that we done the facts? Are we good? Yeah, that's all I've got. All right. Thank you, Steph. Um, for me, um, <laughs> deep breath, CJ. Deep no, breath. I, I, uh, no, I'm really, I'm thinking about the arguments as I'm sitting here and I got to tell you, I honestly feel like OC gave me a better reason why you should like Vader. Um, he gave me more reasons to like Vader. He gave me more ideas as to why Vader's somebody you would like, even though you shouldn't, since he wants to kill hundreds and thousands of people. Um, so I, my vote, my point goes to, um, the, the Daves with, uh, Chris and OC. Mike? The OC. I'm going to have to agree with, uh, CJ here. I thought the Vader argument was a, was a little bit more better. Than, than the Thanos argument. Uh, 
Vader uh, or Team Dave had uh, a couple more rebuttals to uh, you know Thanos's uh, arguments, and um, I got to give a slight, slight uh, edge to uh, to Vader. Okay, so winner of the first question is the Dave Podcast with Darth All Vader. Right. Great job, guys. Good job, Ozzy. All right, Joe, you're still doing good. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> okay, on to question number two. So this one will start with Potescue. Joe, you'll give the answer. Rico, you'll make the arguments. And then Dave, you'll pick up with OC giving the answer and Chris with the rebuttal or the argument. Number two, now that Hugh Jackman is dead, quote-unquote, who should play Wolverine slash Logan going forward? Now that Hugh Jackman is dead, who should play Wolverine Logan going forward? Joe, you're up first. Okay, we gave uh, Taron Edgerton uh, based on his uh, height and his build and his ability to portray uh, Wolverine. Okay. Dave's? We're going with uh, Milo Ventimiglia, and I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that right. None of Milo us know how to say Milo. that, so don't worry about it. <laughs> I do. Milo Ventimiglia. That guy. That guy. Okay, so for the purposes of the fight, we're going to say Taryn and Milo and just call it a that. So there we go. Um, Rico, go ahead with your argument, Taryn Edgerton. Uh, Taryn... I think it's Egerton, but whatever the fuck. Uh, Kingsman boy. Um, I think, see, originally, I looked at Hugh Jackman as just a character. Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, in theory, should not work. He is over six foot, which the character is 5'3". He is a song and dance man, but he is now the definitive Wolverine. Like, anybody who comes after Hugh Jackman is never going to be as good unless they just find an exact clone of Wolverine. I mean, pound for pound, even if you're not a fan of X-Men, Logan is a stupendous film. That being said, I had to look at it from a 2019 point of view. Okay. Who's someone who could look the part and be convincing enough. Taron Egerton for my, my understanding is roughly closer to the height of the actual character. And I would imagine the MCU would make that leap. They would try and go more comics accurate. They would find a short enough actor, not Dan DeVito height, but, (laughs) but they would go someone who is at least under six foot. And I don't know his exact height. I'm pretty sure he's about five, eight, which is still not six, three. So he looks short enough and stockier enough. He has the physique for the most part. In Kingsman, like his his muscles are fucking massive, and I could imagine darken his hair, add some fucking mutton chops, add some fucking steel claws. You get a very decent comics accurate MCU oriented Wolverine. By the way, I totally would go see Danny DeVito Wolverine. Okay, but hold on. So one of the points that you were making before is you said that unless they find an exact clone of uh hugh jackman well milo pretty much is an exact clone of hugh jackman but kind of speaking to what you were saying before instead of six three he's five nine so he's a little bit closer to the height of the actual character as well as he's got experience playing wolverine he played the voice of wolverine for the marvel's uh wolverine anime 
TV show. So he's already got the voice and the character in his head. So if anybody was going to step into the shoes of Hugh Jackman, it's got to be that guy. In the same way that McAvoy, there's no way that McAvoy could step into the shoes of Patrick Stewart. But he did a good job by being younger and kind of making the character a little bit his own. I feel like Milo could do the exact same thing. And I think, uh, I mean, if you look at him, he looks like the character in my head. Um, like he basically looks like a young Hugh Jackman and, and, and he's a great actor. Um, no disrespect to Milo, Milo, fucking whatever the fuck. Um, I, he is a good actor, but I, for him, I will always think of him as Rocky Balboa's son. Uh, I never got into the show Heroes, and I admittedly am not a fan of anime, so you can hate me all you want for that. But I do agree that the voice is integral. But by that logic, one of the better Wolverines should have been someone like Mark Campbell. Mark Campbell did Wolverine in the video game. You see, like, I, no one, I mean, not now, no one wants to see Mark Campbell play. I mean, we all would, let's be fucking honest. But the argument is. Taron Egerton right now is like, I mean, he's making Elton John look cool. That's how good of a fucking actor he is. Not to say that Elton John's never looked cool, but like, have you ever been really interested in seeing a movie about Elton John until this guy can fucking look the part, sing the part? So he's definitely got some acting chops. And I'll go back to the fact that Hugh Jackman had was a song and dance man. He was a song and dance man doing fucking Oklahoma and was able to bulk the fuck up. Taron Egerton has that type of range where he could do the same thing. Yeah. Originally, I, I would have, you know, he is, I wanted to pick someone else, but then the more and more and more I thought of it, I was like, you know, dude, Taron Egerton would have been fucking perfect. Plus Hugh Jackman gave us support. Like, they were in a movie together. Hugh Jackman said, look, I could pick two people, Tom Hardy as as Wolverine, which I'm 100% against, and Taron Egerton, because they need someone who's also going to be young enough where if they're going to span on these roles, Taron Egerton looks like he is 20. See, you make a great point with the age because you want a Wolverine that is going to be the older mentor to the other mutants. You want someone who's been around the block a few times. You don't want someone who's going to look younger than Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique or younger than any of the current cast or whoever they may cast. I get wanting to cast young because you want someone who's going to be able to play the part for a good, you know, for a long time. However, the Wolverine character, we've kind of in the in the cinema, we've kind of gotten to know him as an older, not necessarily mentor, but he's the grizzled vet type character. And so Milo has a few miles on him, so he kind of fits into that role. He could step right into that role very easily. And the other big part is my God, I would love for our American superheroes, even though Logan is Canadian, but I would love for our superheroes to be played by Americans instead of having to import Brits and Aussies over here. We got a Bruce Wayne that's played by a Brit. We got a Superman that's played by a Brit. Can we please USA, get one of USA? Can, can we make superhero movies great again? <laughs> Oh, oh wow! Shit. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, that's been a long time criticism. That why aren't we hiring American actors for American roles? And because this is a chance to do that. Because Aussies and Brits are better actors than Americans. Ooh. Um, 
Possibly, but however, when it comes to things like Harry Potter, they're not hiring Americans because they specifically said this is a British show, this is British content, we want to hire British actors. Why I'm just saying, for the sake of a few superheroes, especially our huge marquee ones, and for that matter, if you really want to go deep, let's hire a Canadian. Um, hey, Chris, this- let's start wrapping this into your final thoughts for me. Well, you can keep going, but just start wrapping into your final thought for me. I, uh, I agree okay, that. Ian should have been cast, like what they did with Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. He is a fucking Canadian, and yeah. they chose Canadian. Perfect casting. I still, my, my closing argument is that Tara Nagerton has given more of an acting reel that I find more impressive than Mila Ventimila. Nothing against Mila Ventimila, but I can only think of two things he was in that I'm like, okay, that was pretty good. Him as Rocky Balboa Jr., and also as, uh, wasn't he in? I see. That's my point. I can't even fucking remember the other thing I was trying to make my point. Whereas Tager, Taron Egerton only has that argument because his career is just starting. He's right. Elk John, and he's in Kingsman. And okay, yeah, Robin Hood, not the greatest argument, but that was going to be due for the very beginning because we just got so many fucking Robin Hoods. Yeah, um, that's against his character. That's not against his acting. However, uh, Milo, Milo, uh, yeah, Milo has geek cred um he has a history of being in geek project including uh spider-man animated wolverine again he's familiar with the character um he was in heroes another superhero tv show i mean the fact that you're not familiar with the history of him and taron is kind of a newcomer i get wanting to cash a cast a fresh face however his face is already kingsman related um and if he's going to do a prestige project like the Elton John movie, cool. But to be the face of Wolverine from here on out, Milo is that face. Okay, time, time. Great battle, guys. That one was tough. That one's tough. And well done. I hate, well done. Congratulations. Well done. Yeah, absolutely. Good game. Good game. Good game. I hate, I hate to have to do this, but Mike, you're up first for your opinion and, and point vote on this one. So I need you to tell me what you think and tell me who. Oh, wait. Is, we actually, hold on. We have to go to Steph for facts first. My fault. Steph, what do you got for me on the okay, fact check? Okay, so facts. Taryn and Milo are both 5'9". Taryn is 29 years old, whereas Milo's 41. Wow. Taryn is a Welshman, and Milo is American, but the original Wolverine, whose birth name was James Hallett from Canada. Thank you. And is that it? That's my facts. All right. Just thank you, Steph. for the record, Canada and America are both part of North America. So Wolverine is technically an American superhero. Technically, right. He's a North American superhero. Right. Should be played by a North American. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay. Arguments are, arguments are over, hand. gentlemen. Arguments are over. Mike, go ahead. Uh, I think Danny DeVito wins uh, this one. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely said, sir. Nicely said. Because shit, I would watch him as a hero or villain in any DC or Marvel universe, though. So. Put him, put him in something. I think, Get him I in think something. that might have been the best answer. He was already fucking Unfortunately, penguin. I got cut. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He was penguin. Yeah, he did a great yeah. job. So anyway, go ahead. What do you got for it, the battle, though? I mean, this was this was another good one. I mean, it kind of went back and forth. Uh, oh man, it, it's really tough. Um, I think it really depends on. Um, see, I want to say like the age difference is is big. I think. Yeah. And it depends on what kind of movie that you know the Marvel or uh, you know. X-Men or Wolverine is going to do, you know, either they're going to do a younger version of Wolverine or go ahead with an older version of Wolverine. 
So in like that case, if you're going to do the younger, I think Taron Egerton is the way to go. And if they are going to do an older version, I think Milo would be a good cast for that. But we are not talking about that. Nope. Having said all that, I think I got to give it. I, I, I the whole time thinking about this, I was I was thinking Taron Egerton as Wolverine. Right. But Team Dave <laughs> convinced me that Milo Ventimilo would possibly be a better choice for a Wolverine Whoa. character. Uh, okay. So that's one for Milo. Um, for me, I- I'm with you, Mike. This was tough. They, they it was both, really tough. They both yeah. did a really good job, and and your question to me mid-battle was rather <laughs> funny. I won't get into that right now. We'll talk about it later. But um, it, it was really well battled on both ends. Like it, Rico, I got to tell you, you... You made me want to see the Rocket Man movie more than Wolverine. <laughs> I gotta say, by the end of that battle, I'll um, totally see that movie. I but I don't want to see it, and now I kind of think I do, and that's strictly off of the battle. Um, but I think I'm with Mike. I think I gotta go Milo. So Dave's take point two. Oh, man, all right, running away. Yeah. Oh, so. Um, By the way, that was totally one of my choices on my list. Like, I would lo- would have loved to have gone seen. It, I'm totally down to see that movie if they cast Taron. What? Yeah, yeah. No, I think uh, yeah. I, I think we're all on board for that movie, but you have to make your or battle. Joe, so. for that matter, I think Joe might make a good Wolverine. <laughs> Joe make a good Wolverine. Um, See, I didn't I didn't know Milo voiced Wolverine in the. Uh, uh, neither did I. Yeah, yeah. Steph, in the animated series, that for so. us, but that's okay. <laughs> Confirmed I did Mila. check it. He uh, voiced actually two versions of the game, one in 2011 and one in 2012. Oh, so but the game. anime version of Wolverine is a lot slender, so it looks ah. closer to Got how Mila looks. Yeah. All right. We are going to go on to question three now. Um, I've been asked via silent message that um, we change just the order up a little bit, and I'm okay with that. It's not going to affect anything, I think. So if the Daves don't have any problem with who argues what, that's we're just going to make a quick change for question three on the Podeskew side. Um, So question number three. Assuming Ryan Johnson has no idea what he's doing, what should Ray's lineage be? Again, assuming Ryan Johnson has no idea what he's doing, what should Ray's lineage be in the current Star Wars trilogy? We think it uh, Ray's lineage should come from the Wilson family, okay. Which is basically our way of saying someone that's so distantly related, like so far from the Skywalker lineage. Okay, Joe. Our answer was the clone of Luke. So oh. the opposite. Yep. <laughs> okay, um, we'll go with OC first. Go ahead. I think that uh, in this era, you know, we we've. Uh, this this entire saga has been about Skywalkers, and uh, I think in this era we're a bit sick of you know we we don't want the Clintons in the bushes anymore. We want something different. We want something from the outside, and they're attempting to create a new bankable franchise out of this uh, you know cultural phenomenon that was Star Wars. So I think the best way for them to continue going forward is to do what they have done and kill off all of our older all of the old fans' characters and create a new lineage to uh, propel it into the future. So 
if you have Ray be from just an outside source, she's just Ray Wilson from the Wilson family, that opens up the potential for us to, in future films and television shows, comic books, uh, books, whatever, you can explore that lineage. Who are the Wilson family? Why is Ray such a powerful Jedi? Were the Wilsons connected to anything in the past? Maybe they were, maybe they weren't. But I think that it's more... Uh, it's it's more advantageous for them to let the old let the old uh, what's the, what's the the old ways die. From the, <laughs> it's time to let the old ways die, and let's explore the lineage of somebody new. And also, if you look at those movies, uh, the one through three is uh, Anakin's rise, and uh, and then uh, you know. Uh, he has his uh, his fall in uh, three uh, or in four through six, and in four through six you have uh, Luke's rise. And then if they were going to follow that in this next set of trilogies, it would have been Luke's fall and the rise of somebody else. But they didn't do that. They they ended it early. So if this story is just about what it seems to be about setting off uh, and creating a new bankable thing that they can create more and more movies off of and give us a star Wars movie every year, make it somebody new and make it relatable. Give her a nice, like a nice, normal, uh, relatable last name, like Wilson. There's lots of Wilson's make it a Smith, you know, make it a win, you know, let's get some Vietnamese people excited about star Wars for a change and give her, give her one of the most common surnames in the, you know, make her a woo, you know, come on, a, a Johnson. Why not? Uh, let's have Ryan Johnson put his stamp on it. She's Ray Johnson. Damn it. Here you go. Are you just are you just defending Ryan Johnson because you look like Ryan Johnson? I do I don't know what Ryan Johnson looks like actually. But now I gotta look it up. <laughs> <laughs> um okay. First off, when you kept saying Wilson, I just kept hearing Tom Hanks saying, Wilson, Wilson <laughs> Like you that that should not help your argument. I mean, I see your point saying any last name apart from Skywalker, right? That's your argument? Right. Yeah. Okay. The problem with that is J.J. Abrams did already establish there is a connection to Ray and Luke and or Anakin. I'm, for the argument's sake, I'm going to just go with Luke. So the art, ever since Force Awakens came out, everyone thought, who the fuck is Ray? Who the fuck is Ray? Is she a Wilson? Is she a Skywalker? That's still that question still has not been fucking answered. Is she a Romano? Is she just Ray Romano? For all we know, who knows? Hey. No, no, oh, Deborah, no, oh, Deborah, one of the blue lightsaber. I do look like Ryan Johnson. <laughs> say you have a little fucking subtleness of trying to defend yourself. Um, in Force Awakens, the Excalibur of the of the Star Wars galaxy, the lightsaber that belonged to Anakin, called to Ray. It didn't call the Finn, who is also an unknown. It didn't call the Poe, who is also an unknown. It called to Ray. It, you know, in that in that regard, you would think it would call the Han because he is one of the more established characters in the galaxy. He's a general. He's Han Solo. He's Harrison fucking Ford. In the 1930s, he was Indiana Jones. So it called the Ray. She touched it and she got force visions. She saw the memories of Luke and Vader shit. She was never even aware of. My argument is that she is a clone of the severed hand of Luke. They found the lightsaber. There was a hand holding that fucking lightsaber. How Maz Kanata, where the fuck that orange Yoda chick, however she fucking found it, there was a hand attached to it. So it, there's, it's already been established there's been clones in the Star Wars universe. They made clones of Kamino. Why can't they make a modified clone where 
the DNA automatically is female anyways. We're all automatically female. And then the, the genetics tweak, we can become male or we stay as female. What if they just tweaked it or didn't tweak it? And now, Luke, we have a clone of Luke that's a young British female. She's only British because she sounds British because I think more or less Jakku has that dialect of region. That's all she was raised. Plus, it goes with the fact that she's not the daughter of Luke. She is essentially the chosen one. Kylo Ren and Rey represent both sides, the dark and the light of the Skywalker chosen one uh, gene pool. Kylo Ren is the tormented dark side with the light bringing him with the light trying to bring him back. And Ray is the light side with the dark darkness sort of attacking her. That's why they're the balance. They are both essentially the chosen one. But I would theorize that Ray truly is a clone because she has those memories. The Excalibur called to her. And that's why she has all this power with no training. She didn't get a Yoda training and her training with Luke was garbage at best. She, she has this power without, it's just instinct because the force and the chosen one side to her is laying dormant. That's why the title is the force awakens. It awoke inside her. But it awoke inside of other people. We see at the end of uh, that one movie, a child moving a broom and doing the whole, uh, uh, what's the sorcerer's apprentice thing. He's sweeping with the force or whatever. True. But Stephanie, by the way, is is uh, fact checking how many genders there are based on your argument. <laughs> so here's here's why they shouldn't do that though. We're gonna have just it's just Skywalkers forever. It's just this no. is Star Wars is the story of the space family, the Skywalkers, and this is just these are the stories of the clone. And then we'll have another six movies about Ray's clone later, and it'll just be like this one entity that continues to be cloned. I think it's 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 a stronger business argument for them to go with somebody from outside and allow us to explore that and be curious about that i mean it's like snoke who's snoke snoke is jar jar snoke is uh snoke is plagueis no snoke was just snoke i think ray's just gonna be just ray but you're okay, arguing no. for snoke. wait so oh, oh see i you're you're making an argument that it's this this anonymous you know lineage or anonymous grouping but where where does it come from because it has to, it has to come from somewhere can you tell us a little bit about where that would come from to some degree boy so where where she would come from let's say uh you know <laughs> oh boy <laughs> it could be anywhere really i mean let's say she's uh she's you know uh uh who's the Who's Plo, Plo Koon? Remember the guy from the the prequels with like the cone head? Episode two, yeah. he's got the goatee and the cone head. Yeah, I mean let's let's say she's one of those. She's the child That's of one of those that Jedi Order. Or here's a more powerful argument: she's nobody from nowhere, and when the Force awakened, it awakened inside of other people, including that slave child. So therefore, you could make the argument that anybody could be a hero. You don't have to be from one of these, uh, you know, special families. Because in the Star Wars universe now, and in the one that you're talking about, you have to be a Skywalker to be a hero, or you have to be you have to be a part of this special lineage. 
My Star Wars is a Star Wars of the people where a poor woman who's the child of an alcoholic can rise to be the hero that can save the universe. That child, that slave child that moved the broom, I think that was them uh, giving us a cue that they're opening up a world where children can dream about being a Jedi because anybody can be a Jedi. Your Star Wars, you have to be part of this elite 1%. That's your Star Wars. I have to be born into privilege and be born a Skywalker in my Star Star Wars, it can be anybody. My Star Wars is an aspirational Star Wars for the people where somebody could just be Ray Wilson from Jakku with alcoholic parents who sold her into slavery and she can rise because the force is a unit. Uh, it's a it's a USA. powerful. Yes, USA. <laughs> the force, the force doesn't, you know, select just a particular family. The force can pick somebody who's pure of heart and just give them the power to save the universe. Let's let's make that your final thought. Rico, what's yes. your final thought? Look, I, I do agree that the, the the Jedi broom kid, that is an interesting thing. I do agree that the Force is not just for royalty. You know, it, it, it does expand to everybody. There are all those all those fucking younglings that your your favorite like lovely uh, hero, Anakin Skywalker, slaughtered <laughs> all came from either royalty of lives of privilege or they were all peasants. It doesn't matter. But for specifically Ray, she I firstly, I think Kylo Ren lied to her. I think Kylo Ren knows more about her backstory than he initially let on. It explains why she's hiding or she is remaining hidden from the outside world. Circumstances brought her into the Star Wars story. Also, on a business standpoint, JJ, Kathleen Kennedy, and everybody said Star Wars is about the story. It is about the Skywalker family. Now they may break that mold in the future with Ryan, with I'm sorry, your doppelgangers um, future trilogy, <laughs> which is he probably will make a whole fucking series of movies about broom boy. Like that's fine. I am perfectly fine with stepping away from the Skywalker lineage and the solo lineage and the Organa lineage and the Yoda, whatever Yoda, 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 um, <laughs> totally his fucking last name is his last name is Yehu. Um, <laughs> middle name lay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yoda, lay, he, um, but they have definitely established that there's definitely a connection between Luke and Ray. The, the argument was she was his, his daughter, but, Essentially, she if she is the chosen one, she really kind of is his father in a weird roundabout way. She really is him. And the fact that the clone the clones have been featured heavily in the prequels and in the in the overall arc of Star Wars makes my argument more valid. Plus the memories. We we she's not having a force vision. She's having memories. The the force is expanding and never ending. Why would it focus just solely on that one thing because it's the lightsaber bullshit because she is part of the chosen one lineage and look to go with your argument briefly Anakin started out as a slave too but he was the chosen one so it's not the the force does have that whole midichlorian count argument which is you have a higher count therefore you're more powerful maybe she has a higher midichlorian count but I think that she is more likely the reincarnation of the chosen or the Ray incarnation of the chosen. <laughs> All right. Time. Toys deducted great. for Ray incarnation. That was an awful pun. <laughs> that was a bad pun. Great, <laughs> great argument, guys. Great, great argument. I, I, 
<laughs> wow. Um, Steph, what do we got on facts? How many genders are there? Okay. <laughs> Thirty-seven. Well, if uh, if if they do the same lineage of how biology works it, that we have, everyone starts as XX, and an extra chromosome is added to make XY to make a male. So that would be. What I did find out is that your accent does prove where you're from. There is an American versus a British uh, in the Star Wars universe. Really? The British, the British accent is on the Coruscant planet, Coruscant. which is Coruscant. the capital planet of the Empire. Coruscant. Come from money. I knew it. Privilege. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And Force Visions, uh, they actually go into the past and into the future. Thank you, Steph. Lots of good good uh, facts Hands and information. Off to Steph. There. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. yeah, good job. Mike, you are up first, my friend. Tell me what you think and give me your give me who gets the point. Well, first Mike, of all, can I remind you how much I love your drawing of the logo? <laughs> and, and, yeah, great logo. No bribery. Seriously, kicks ass. Yeah. First of all, I'd be kind of disappointed if either of these outcomes came into the Star Wars universe. Really? Rather than, yeah. Ray, Ray, Ray being a clone of Luke, I, I just think that's kind of lame. I think you know, when Yoda, you know, for, you know, foresaw that, uh, you know, there is going to be another one, uh, you know, to bring out the, uh, the light side and, you know, beat the dark side once and for all, I don't think he had a clone in mind when he envisioned that. So. I was kind of, you know, I don't like that storyline. As for the Wilson family or the Smith family or the <laughs> whatever you want to call it, I don't like that storyline either. <laughs> I think I, I think that argument could be said for when Ryan when the Ryan Johnson movies come out, not to end this trilogy. I think you really need to keep this trilogy um, with the Skywalkers, with the OGs, with the storyline that's been happening since '78. And that's why I give the point to Clone of Luke, only because I think the Wilson family could play a part, you know, later in the uh, the Ryan Johnson trilogies that are going to come later on. Okay, so that's one vote for Rico and Padaskew. I, man, I got to tell you, you guys fucking know how to fight, for fuck's sake. Um, it, for the record, I, I hope I'm not, like, insulting you uh, because we look at Ryan Johnson, like that was. I had very <laughs> little. I had to look it up while we were. Chris looked it up, and and I look a lot like him. It's hilarious to me. Um, <laughs> I, I just thought it was really fucking funny that you were defending it. Maybe um, he's a clone of Ryan, Ryan Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cut off Ryan Johnson's hand after episode eight. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, CJ, go ahead. Yeah. So I. Wow this this one was really tough for me. Um. Shit, I look. OC, your your argument about how the you know it can be in everyone and it doesn't have to be this one lineage. It just is you know, have Jedi powers. I think is a huge argument and it's a good argument. But Enrico, I was leaning that way until you came over the top with like that's not how you end this saga. That's really kind of what solidified it for me was that sentence. And and I gotta go, Rico. I yeah. I'm with Mike. Rico, you you saved that at the end. They had my vote all the way well, up until the end. Well done. So, well done, guys. 
Can I just add in really quick one big piece of information that OC refused to bring up that I think would have solidified our win? Sure. Which is the Wilson family is a a past descendant was a slave of Watto. Now, you see, Watto built his junk shop over an old uh, Jedi burial ground, which is how Shmi became pregnant with Anakin without having known man. And therefore, the Wilsons who came in after Shmi passed and, you know, Waddle needed a new slave woman and uh, gave birth to, you know, such and such and so, which eventually led to Ray. So Ray's powers come from Waddle's junk shop. I hate that theory so much. Okay, I, I, I will let Mike comment in a second, but I will tell you right now that would have pushed my vote closer to Rico. So yeah. I... Yeah, it's a good thing you didn't say. You didn't bring that up. Ask you was a little girl Ray Ray. What the hell was the one Like, no, dude, no. You're tiny baby Greedo. What? You're baby Greedo. What? I don't even remember. Young Greedo. I don't remember it. Oh, the he's a hudo, Annie. Oh, God. Can I argue one thing? Is the fact that like Al Pacino is the pseudo father of Anakin? You guys know about that, right? No, we're hey, we're not discussing things like that right now. Stop. All right. So we are moving on to question four, the final question and potentially tying question of this battle. Um, of which we do we do have tiebreaker ready if we need it. Um, crazy. I need a cigarette. Fuck. Well, you got a while to go, depending on how this goes. So, um, uh, just go so ahead and on bomb this... this one and lose it, and then you can smoke faster. Yeah, there you go. I'm making the argument. Um, yeah, so Rico, you're gonna give the answer. Joe, you're you're gonna argue, and and mm-hmm. OC, you'll give the answer, and Chris, you're gonna argue on this one. Okay. Question number four. What is the best fictional band slash performer in movies? So again, what is the best fictional band slash performer in movies? And I believe Rico, we're starting with you. Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap. Okay, and from the Daves, Wild Stallions. All right, and this time I think we're starting with the Dave podcast. So Chris. Tell us why Wild Stallions is the best fictional band performer. Well, simply because it's stated in the movie very clearly that they are the best band ever. This band is so good. They save the world. Not just the world. They save the universe. You know how good this band is? And again, we're talking in a because you asked for a fictional band. So we're talking in the realm of fiction, keeping it within the realm of fiction. Uh, this band is so good that they had to send someone back in time to stop this band from being that good. And yet they still defeated hell, the devil. What was it? Diopolis? Denomalous. Uh, Denomalous. Defeated Denomalous to continue to be the best band ever this band is so good not only did it have one movie but two and not only is it that good they're making yet a third they just tweeted out not too long ago that they are currently at work on a third movie having also established given us the wonderful acting of keanu reeves and yes i did say wonderful acting had it not been for this movie it would not we would not have gotten john wick or the matrix but that aside um as well as hugely memeable and quotable and legendary movie in general. So therefore, not my words, their words, the movie's words, the God's words, they are the best band in the universe. 
Joe. Um, I have to say to that, well, if you're looking at it from a band perspective, saving the world is not really part of what a band does. A band is supposed to be an entertainer and someone that obviously changes the face of music with their, with their, you know, artistry and their, uh, and their music itself. Um, and Spinal Tap, they've been around for what, almost 40 years now. They've been, made a huge impact, um, on the world as a cult classic. And I mean, you, you, you look at them in the movie and to me, it kind of takes a while to kind of see through the uh, irony of it all because they do embody the, you know, ridiculousness of that era of those, you know, hair metal bands that were crazy than just, you know, were over the top about pretty much everything they did. Um, and while sequels, do come out because the success of the first movie we have seen time and time again that sequels and the 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 like aren't exactly always the best thing for the movie bill and ted's excellent adventure was much better than their bogus journey <laughs> <laughs> um now if again we were talking about fictitious bands, so therefore we're living in the world of fiction. The fact that Michael McKeon and Harry Shearer um, are great musicians and can play in Spinal Tap in real life—that's great and all. But even by the documentary or mockumentary, if you will, um, they are a horrible band. Nobody goes to see them. They can't even sell out a stadium. They play small venues and nobody shows up. As well as they can't get their line, and they can't even hold a drummer. That's how bad the band is. Um, to argue that Spinal Tap is the best band, boy, I, I think by their own admission, they're still struggling. Every time I hear, uh, uh, oh, what is the St. Hubbard, Hubbin, what's his name? St. David St. Hubbin oh, yeah, interviewed. Yeah. He's uh, always talking about how, you, how he wants to get the band back together, how they're just not doing well. They're playing small venues. So, I mean, I, I kind of cringe at the thought of them being – the best fictional band. I mean, but however, Wild Stallions, their music aligned the planets. I don't think Spinal Tap's music can align planets or save humanity. Maybe, you know, maybe they got a catchy tune here or there, but when it comes to, you know, hey, who am I going to grab onto at the end of the world? I'm grabbing onto Wild Stallions. Well, I mean, we have yet to see if Spinal Tap could have aligned the worlds with that little Stonehenge. Maybe if they had gotten the size they wanted, they would have been able to use their music with Stonehenge on stage to align the planets and maybe possibly save humanity, just like Bill and Ted. And at the same time, you got to give them credit for really bringing to life that that type of uh, that band that has kind of spanned across all genres, and many people can you know re uh, recall. Uh, Spinal Tap is such a classic, whereas Wild Stallions, <coughs> two guys in the garage playing music. Mm, well, the Wild Stallions have the Grim Reaper as part of their band. I mean, that's got to say something. And also, I think if there were, okay, let's put it, let's put it in the world of fiction. If there was a battle of the bands, and you had Wild Stallions go up against uh, uh, Spinal Tap, you know, Spinal Tap would have their set. Probably a couple people would clap. And again, we're living in the world of fiction. <laughs> and then Bill and Ted would go on and they would rock the house. And uh, humani again, humanity would be saved. So therefore, Wild Stallions is the better band. Wild Stallions! Woo! 
<laughs> Joe, you got a final thought? Because I think that sounded like a final thought to me from the, the Dave. Um, my final thoughts is, would be just I personally, you know, I view Spinal Tap as the more iconic band than the Wild Stallions. You know, they uh, stand out to me more. The Wild Stallions, while they may have saved the world, don't stay in my mind like Spinal Tap does. All right, I guess that's time. Um, shit. <laughs> that's really all I have to say to that. Um, <laughs> Steph, fact check, please. What do you got? Any facts, information, anything for us? Um, let's see. This is Spinal Tap. The movie was debuted in 1984. Bill and Ted's Excellent Avenger was in 88. And uh, what was said about the plot of This is Spinal Tap, about the band not having a lot of success is true. Okay. Is that it? Yeah. That's All right. what I've got. Um, I guess I have to start this one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to, for the record. But um, I, oh, this one was tough for me. This is um, very tough. This is it, very... It, it was tough. Both, I will say, for real, both arguments were, were really well done. Um, I think you you both argued well for your side. Um, for me, Dave, you guys were behind the eight ball from the beginning because you never actually see Wild Stallions, the band. You don't see the band come together and perform. Yes, you know about their future success. They talk about it at length. But for me, you never see the band, and therefore they're not a good band. So... I got to go pot of skew. I'm with Joe and Rico. Mike? Yes. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a tough one. Uh, again, you guys are bringing up good points. Um, you guys are rebu- you know, rebuttaling against like other uh, answers that the uh, uh, you know, your opposition had. But like CJ, I got to give it a, a short edge to uh, to Spinal Tap. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for the point. <laughs> So, Podesky has come back from two down to make it a 2-2 tie. Oh, boy. So. This was not planned. No. No, don't say (laughs) that. Now it sounds like it was planned. I swear. No, it was. Jesus. Um, No, really, really, we are, uh, I mean, yeah. It was tough arguments, guys. You guys did, you both all did a really good job. So, we do have a tie, and we need to break that tie to determine who's going on to the quick fire. So, we're going to do a tiebreaker, and it's going to be in the same style as the quick fire question. So, let me explain what that means. You guys will have the time, the the moment or two to discuss who's going to do this because only one of you can represent both the answer and the argument. We're going to, we're going to ask you a question. You're going to, whoever answers first, just yell out your answer. Whoever answers first goes first. And then it will be 30 seconds, 30 seconds, and then rebuttals 15, 15. That's how we're doing it. Any questions, concerns, anyone need any clarity? Okay. So, do you guys need a minute to confer with who's going first or who's taking this? I thought we were all going to jump in, like whoever answers first. Well, I mean, that's fine if you want to do it that way. Uh, Rico and Joe, if you want to discuss who's going to take this, that's up to you. I need one voice through the whole thing. So, if you need to, if you and Joe need to confer for a second, we'll take a second to let you do that. I don't know about. What do you want to do, Rico? You want to do it? Uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I I can probably do it. Um, I, that really depends on the fucking question, but all right, well, I'll, I'll just do it. Okay, okay. so everyone's everyone's on board. We're good. 
Yep. Sounds good. Okay. All right, guys. 30 seconds starts when whoever, after we get both answers. So we'll get both answered and whoever, I'll tell you who's going first. The question is, what movie deserves a sequel that hasn't gotten one yet? Can we answer now? I'm sorry, Rico, what did you say? Ben Affleck's Batman. Ben Affleck's Batman. Dave's? Uh, Masters of the Universe. Masters of the Universe. All right, so Rico, you're going to go first with Ben Affleck's Batman. Ready? Which isn't an actual movie, by the way. Well, Batman vs. Superman? Is that what we're saying, Rico? Is that what you meant? No, I'm, I'm saying a, a next argument, no. a next film with Ben Affleck. No, that's not a sequel. We need a sequel. A sequel to an existing movie. Okay, like so a sequel, a, a, a sequel to Justice League. <laughs> Justice League 2. Okay. All right, so Rico, Justice League 2, you're first, and then we'll go to the days for Masters of the Universe. Ready? Go. Justice League 2 needs to happen because Justice League 1 sucked. It needs some fucking redemption. You need a you need to have Ben Affleck Batman do actually more than just say quippy lines. You need a redeeming Superman. You need a better fucking villain with better CGI. You need uh, Aquaman not being in a fucking desert. You need to have all these things that we wanted that we never got in the first Justice League. Justice League 2 would be infinitely better with the right right, right writers, right director, and overall Time. better actors. Although... Okay, so I don't think that making an argument that a bad movie deserves a sequel because it was a bad movie is a good argument. Uh, Masters of the Universe deserves a sequel because it was a great, fun movie and it was never resolved and the sequel was teased at the end of the original. I want what we were promised before that film studio went out of business and somebody needs to man up and create that movie. And Frank Langello was an amazing Skeletor and there's always room for Frank Langello. All right, time, Rico, rebuttal. Your argument automatically is invalid because it's Frank Langella, not Frank Langello. So you automatically get a deduction. <laughs> we need to see more Batman. We need to see more. We need to see more, a better Flash. We need to see a better fucking Superman. The Henry Cavill is fine, but it was just, we, you didn't time. get really much of a great art. We've had we've had plenty of Batman movies. There's been plenty of uh, you know chances to to see Batman in action. We've only had one Masters of the Universe. We need a second one. All right, time. That hurt. That hurt. Steph, that shit. You can use up the, all 15 seconds, bro. You get to <laughs> you get the judge on this one, and since you've been pretty quiet except for facts, I'm gonna give you the first vote on this one. So who who made the better argument? Who wins that? Who gets your point? Okay, so unfortunately, I only heard half of the argument from sides. Skype kept cutting out, and so I think that they should have the sequel. I I didn't hear any of that stuff. So you need to say it all again. <laughs> I, I think she said Master of the of the Universe deserves another sequel. She did. I did say that. Okay, Ooh, nice. So that's one vote for. Uh, the Dave. Mike, I'm going to you. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Masters of the Universe is my vote. No! Dave's win! <laughs> Only because, uh, yeah, Rico, with, with the whole uh, you need to make a redemption sequel to Justice League 1, like, I didn't think that was a good argument. I was like, maybe they can just reboot Justice League like a couple years like down the line and make it better, but 
as far as re- you know making a sequel to a shitty movie uh, I, you know they think it was a great argument okay well that means the daves have won our first round and we'll be going on to quick fire rico for what it's worth i actually was gonna vote you i thought you had the better argument i was going you so on that but the world is really a better place with another masters of the universe than another outing of ben affleck as batman right uh, I'm not touching that. You know, um, I'd like to make this opportunity. I'd like to say this that now, CJ, you're now my new girlfriend because I just broke up with Stephanie. <laughs> 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 All right. So that means you and I are going to be So, All yeah. Right. So, the way this is going to work going for the quick fire, Chris and OC, you're going to fight back and forth, much like we just did. That's you're, whoever calls out first, and then you're gonna have to argue back and forth on each other for the and the best of five wins. So if we have to go all five, we go all five. Okay, okay, let's do this. Here we all go. Right. Um, head to head. <laughs> just... for the are you guys pieces out? Or are you going head to head? Yeah, we yeah we're, we're docking. No, not, I think, yeah, I think he meant that. No docking. Not, uh, huh? I think he meant <sighs> the day. <laughs> it doesn't matter. All right, doesn't matter. All right. No, okay. All right. You guys ready for this? Yeah. Okay. Okay, first question is going to come with choices, so listen to the whole question before you yell out your answers, okay? Question number one of the quickfire round is, who is the best billionaire superhero, Batman or Iron Man? Batman. Okay, Iron so Man. so that's going to be Chris for Batman and Dave for Iron Man. Right. Batman is the better superhero, uh, simply because he doesn't need all the high-tech uh, armor you know, f- to fly and, you know, basically he's gets by on his wits, his intelligence, his skill. Uh, Batman also has a lot of help. He seeks help from many different people. He's smart enough to know that he needs help, whether it be from Alfred, Leslie Thompson, Robin, Commissioner Gordon. Time. He's got a team. I think making the argument that Batman is a better superhero because he can rely on less is a terrible argument. If there's a giant robot or a space alien invasion, I want Iron Man with the, all of his overpowered high-tech weaponry to take out that that trouble. And your argument about him having help with, uh, you know, Alfred, etc. Tony Stark's got the Avengers. Again, don't need the time. Huh? No, all right, good. Time. That's it. All right. Chris. Yeah, but we weren't talking about uh, the Avengers. We were talking about the individual hero. And what I was referring to is him being smart enough to realize that he needs people inside of his inner circle. Those guys aren't there for him all the time, uh, as well as Batman is just a... If he's smart enough to realize that he needs help, he maybe would be smart enough to realize that he could use the ability to fly to his advantage to help battle extra threats. I think Tony Stark just constantly is on the bleeding edge of technology and will constantly always progress and become better. All right, question number one. Um, I I think I'll start with this. Um, Woo! They did good. I know. This, they went, this has they been went tough, good. guys. This it really is tough. has. Um, I got to go with OC. I think Iron Man was... I think he made a better argument for Iron Man as the best billionaire superhero. I, I'm, my vote's for OC. I'm going to have to agree. I like the argument where he said, like, when it really comes down to it, like, battling those bigger uh, enemies, like, Iron Man is better well-suited to, like, take those enemies yeah, down. Yeah, that was a good Batman. argument. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So, point one goes to OC. Steph, you're keeping track for me. Yes? Thumbs up? 
Cool. But I will say, I think Batman's a much better read and a much more interesting superhero. <laughs> that that may be, but the argument was the better superhero billionaire. So you did well arguing it. Number two, and again, same format. This one does not have choices. What movie or movie franchise would be improved by adding Jay and Silent Bob? What movie or movie franchise would be improved by adding Jay and Silent Bob? Cheech and Chong. Bill and Ted. Okay, so we got Cheech and Chong versus Bill and Ted. 30 seconds when you start, Chris. Go. Or OC, go. I think Cheech and Chong is sort of the uh, the historical stoner comedy duo. And I think that you could make a great movie that would combine sort of the, the newer, the 90s stoner comedic duo along with the, the old historical one. I think you could make a great, fun thing that would uh, transcend generations, you know. I could go see that with my stoner dad and both of us can have a good laugh. And you're, you're bridging this old uh, group. I think we would love to see the, the older generation with Cheech and Chong come together with Jay and Silent Time. Bob for one. Now, I think you made a really interesting point. However, Jay and Silent Bob are kind of straight edge now. Uh, the characters gave up selling dope, and so they really have no point in being in a stoner movie. However, they do travel the road. That's still established. And who's a better road traveler than Bill and Ted? As well as both, all parties have met George Carlin. Okay, doesn't need all the time, I guess. Time, Chris, O.C. I mean, how do you follow up George Carlin, man? Come on, that's like, boom, mic drop. <laughs> Uh, I think that uh, uh, I don't think that the the comedic uh, tastes of both of those blend as well as uh, Cheech and Chong and Jay and Silent Bob and Cheech and Chong are constantly getting into strange, uh, you know, kind of situations in each movie. I think that you could blend those two a lot better than you could uh, Bill and Ted. Man, a Cheech and Chong movie would basically be Jay and Silent Bob helping those two old men around places. That is not an interesting movie to see. <laughs> However, young Bill and Ted, they're all about the same age. Or, you know, that would just be a hilarious movie to watch. The four of them traveling through space and time in a phone box. Time. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Jesus Christ, you guys are tough. Um, I was surprised you guys came up with those uh, quick answers with Cheech and Chong and Bill and Ted. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was pretty quick. It was good. Um, I, I think we're going to put the burden of this one on Steph to start. Steph, what are your thoughts for this one? Who, who made the better argument? I go for Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted. Uh, Mike? I'm going to go with Cheech and Chong. I think, uh, you know, those four together, uh, you know, with the stoner humor and everything like that, it would work well together rather than Bill and Ted. You know, for me, I I really was on board with Cheech and Chong until um, Chris came back with the argument about dragging the old men around. I thought that was the death blow in in his in OC's argument. And for me, you know, and Bill and Ted being around the same age, I'm I'm going Bill and Ted. So Bill and Ted get the point. So it's one one. I'm still taking bribe requests, by the way. Statement, but you, you backed it up with a good argument. He really did. <laughs> well, I'm, just the idea of uh, watching Jay and Bob, like we know that they have fun on road trips, but right. seeing them in a phone box, being able to meet like Beethoven and historical characters, that would be a hilarious movie. I'd be into that. Yeah. You, one, one, I know we're not doing fact check on this, but they are actually still selling dope. They're just not using dope anymore. They actually are still selling. 
Yeah, but they're straight edge, so you can never get the scene of all of them smoking out together. All right, you already won. I just wanted to clarify (laughs) that they are still they are still selling, so that is still a thing. Okay, going on to question number. You guys like basically quoted the Ethan Supley line of chasing Amy. He said, "You know, those guys are like, you know, Bill and Ted and meets Cheech and Chong." Diddy, I don't remember that. I trust you, but I don't remember that. Um, nice. Okay. Joe, I appreciate you sitting around because you look bored as shit. So thank you for hanging out. We appreciate it. Um, hey, Joe, why don't you take this one? Nah. Question number bored. three. I'm enjoying to listen to these answers. <laughs> good, good. Glad you're having a good time. Um, yeah. This one also has choices. So listen to the whole question before we get started. Um, what is the best superhero ensemble? Avengers or Justice League? Avengers. Justice League. All right. We heard Avengers first. So, OC, when you're ready, you begin. I think the Avengers are a much more uh, interesting ensemble, and there's much more heroes and uh, and stories to I- explore because there's much more members. Um, so I think it's just more of a, uh, a you know nuanced kind of group. There's a lot more more to deal with than the Justice League, which has just historically been the same group of people. That's it. All right. Go ahead. All right. I'm going to go with Justice League because in terms of power, you could go head to head, character to character. They're pre- they're pretty equally matched as we've actually seen in comic book form um, in the uh, the crossover DC versus Marvel. Um, I think it depends on which Avengers lineup you were talking about and which Justice League lineup we're talking about. But I will go Justice League just because there's a little bit more diversity in there. You have female characters. If you go with John Jones, uh, you have a Martian character. If you go with John Stewart, you have an African-American character. If he's going to make the diversity argument, I mean, we've got War Machine, who's a black guy. We've got a woman with Black Widow. You know, we've got, you know, ethnically diverse. It's much more diverse, I think, on the Avengers side. Uh, And I just think if we're going... Yeah, I mean, yes, I think we are making the cinema argument. And uh, in terms of cinematically, of course, Avengers would win. But if we're going with a comic argument, like an animated argument, Justice League, hands down, has the more interesting stories to tell. All right, time. <laughs> um, wow, definitely, yeah, that's a good point. definitely well done, guys. Um, I'm gonna take the lead on this one. I think they were both good arguments. I got to go OC, but just by a slight edge for me. So I'm going OC one point for me. Um, Steph, why don't you go second this time? I'm going to have to go with Justice League because the characters are more balanced going head-to-head really kind of won me over. All right. Mike? Well, since we are talking cinematically, that last um, that last point that you made, Chris, um, I think about uh, it being in print rather than in the movies or whatever. Yeah. Uh, since we are talking cinematic, I had to deduct a point there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I'm going yeah. to go with Avengers for that. So okay, you got to deduct so that's, my point there. Yeah. We'll <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I'm back to zero. <laughs> no, no, no deductions, but it's 2-1 OC. That's where we're okay. at. So, question yeah, that number... Was a, f- that was a tough one because I wanted to go Avengers, but my heart is with Justice League. That's why I stayed quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't say Avengers, <laughs> but yeah, they are the better cinematic superhero team. Yeah, yeah. 
Question number four. This one I'm really curious to hear. I'm excited to hear the answer on this one. Please pay attention to how I phrase this because this is important. Who is the worst cinematic Batman? Who is the worst cinematic Batman? Val Kilmer. George Clooney. Okay, I heard Val Kilmer and George Clooney. OC, you said Val Kilmer. 30 seconds starts when you start talking. Val Kilmer doesn't look like Batman ever looked in the uh, print. He was also so flat. I think... uh, you know, he just, he's not what we picture when we picture Batman at all. He doesn't have the chin. He doesn't have the look. He doesn't have the attitude. Totally unbelievable as Batman. You still got time if you want to use it. That's it. It's Everybody knows this. It's Val Kilmer. He's the worst. All right. Time. Cinematically, Val Kilmer was a pretty bad Batman, but George Clooney is a worse Batman. Um, not acting wise, there was the same voice between Bruce Wayne and Batman. Uh, the head tilt—you could see him do it in the cowl, representing the characters of Bruce Wayne and Batman. And I know we're kind of focused on Batman, but it's a duality. They're both the same character. George Clooney—he's indistinguishable between the two. At least Val Kilmer made an effort to try to be a deeper voice with Batman and a little bit smoother with Bruce Wayne. Uh, For a rebuttal, George Clooney at least looks like Batman. At least he looks like Batman. Val Kilmer doesn't look like Batman at all. And if you look at the types of people who played Batman over the years, one of them stands out, and that's Val Kilmer. One of these things doesn't look like the other. Get rid of that. Now, I might give you the point that he looks, Clooney looks more like Batman, but I will close my argument with this. Hi, Freeze. I'm Batman. That was the line delivery that George Clooney gave for the classic I'm Batman line. You can't get any worse than that. Time. That was a good argument. That was a good (laughs) argument. You guys are really fucking good at this. I can't do this anymore, man. I think think you guys do this a lot when we're not recording it. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. This is us just talking to the car. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Wow, I, you know what, no argument, no no description, I'm going Clooney. I, I think Chris made the better argument, I'm going Clooney. Um, Mike? Even, even though they're both the fucking worst Batmans ever created. <laughs> yeah, I gotta agree with uh, CJ, I'm gonna go with Clooney. Okay, so that's a point for Chris. Steph, correct my math, but we're at 2-2 right now? 2-2. Yep. Okay. We're an even so- 2-2. This is game point, fellas. This will decide who wins Cinema Wars today. Um, so Either way, here... it's Team Dave, so I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. It is... What movie remake is better than its original? What movie remake is better than the original movie that was made? The Thing. Um, that is a really hard, uh, better than its original shit. No, Hey, no help from the peanut gallery. (laughs) I know there are good answers and I'm fishing for them without coming to the first, without saying the first thing that comes to mind. Nah, maybe Um, you just need to go with that. (laughs) 
better than the original. Um, shit. I got nothing. I got to get an answer sooner. I'm going to have to concede it to OC. I give it to OC, man. I, I'm sure there are a lot of great answers out there, but like the stupid movies that keep coming to mind, remakes better than the original, like Vacation wasn't better than the original, Friday the 13th wasn't better than the original, Halloween was not better than the original. They just keep... Oh, fuck. I'll give you, I'll give you like give 10 OC, more seconds. Man. Give it to OC. He, 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 give it to OC for giving an answer. All right. OC <laughs> wins <laughs> Cinema Wars. <laughs> Good job, man. <laughs> Congratulations, my man. Fight for that one. Answers we would have accepted are the Italian job, Ocean's Eleven. The hand job. Yeah. <laughs> well, something I missed Ocean's Eleven. The Ocean's guy with the 11. Vegas podcast doesn't even come up with Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. yeah. I forget yeah. that's a remake because it's so good. But the, yeah. the original is pretty damn good. All right. Yeah. Congratulations, OC. You have bragging rights what until the next buddy? time you come on. Team Dave. <laughs> Team well Dave. Done, buddy. All right, everybody. And that... That is Cinema Wars for this time. Um, if everyone liked listening to it, then we will certainly give it another run. I, we have another team waiting in the wings to come on and fight, so we'll see what happens there. Um, although that's a battle I don't want to be on the other part of. Thank you for listening. I want to thank everybody that came on today. Um, first, from Potaskew, I want to thank Joe for coming on. Rico, as always, you are my hetero lace mate friend. Um, to to the victorious Dave's, um, Chris OC. Thanks for coming on. Um, actually, before we head out, Chris, I know you talked a little bit about it on the episode you were on, but do you want to plug the Dave? Do you want to give us an update? What's going on with that show? Is there an update? Is there an update? Update. Uh, I don't know if there's an update, but I think we were kind of hoping for maybe either Memorial Dave or Labor Dave to come out. All right. Uh, things got busy, <laughs> but at some point, the Dave podcast will make a return if, you know, maybe with a few episodes, maybe with like 12 or 16 or, you know. Yeah. Excellent. I mean, it's something well, that we want to do. It's just making I, the time to do it. Well, and as I said on the other episode, I want to come on and argue Dave Mustaine. So that's my Dave vote for when I get to come on. Um, right, everyone. Yeah. Um, Stephanie, as always, huge help with the fact check and somewhat moral compass on this one. Um, but you, we always appreciate your your assistance and contributions. Mike, thank you as always for coming on. We appreciate it yeah, as man. well. No problem. Um, thank you to everybody for listening. This has been Cinema Wars. See you next time. CJ here with a few thank yous and I'll let you know how you can get in touch with and follow the show and us. Thank you to all who participated in Cinema Wars. First, our winner is the Dave Podcast, Chris and Octopus Caveman, OC. You can find Chris on Twitter at GreenKorean1 and OC at Octopus Caveman. Look for new episodes of the Dave Podcast this summer. Also, thank you to Joe for stepping in and representing Potaskew. We want to thank our logo designer and show friend Mike for his work as a judge. Thank you to Stephanie for fact-checking and keeping everyone honest. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for all the music used in today's game, as well as our closing music, Theme Askew. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons and his music on SoundCloud at www.soundcloud.com slash Samuel-Lemons. If you want to agree with or yell at us about the outcome of the game, follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podaskew, Rico is at RanceRico, and I'm at M underscore Blade. Listen to Podaskew on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find podcasts. Please don't forget to rate and comment. Thank you to Dubbed in English for our opening music, 96 Reasons. 
And finally, our biggest thank you is to you, everyone, for listening. Rico and I appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you another episode soon. Oh! Dave's win! <laughs> Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Wait a minute, I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah, yeah. Wait, here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.